Okay, we actually made it. The year is now 2021. Thank God, I think. No, no, you know what? I'm going to be an optimist. We're all learning how to be a little bit more resilient out here. And in the meantime, we got to roll with what we got. And what we got today is me, Jonathan P. Jenkins, and a newly launched NBA season. We're out of the bubble, but the good news is that the fourth and most recent round of COVID-19 testing reported zero positive cases among players. So we're going to appreciate the basketball that we do have, and nobody appreciates it more than the dude whose Lakers just won the championship. Happy New Year, JJ. Hey, Happy New Year to you, Greg. It's been uh, it's been a little bit trying of a year, I know that for sure. Um, a little consolation was the Lakers championship, but there's also a lot to look forward to this year. And I think we should just jump right into our first segment of the of the new year and of this new NBA season. What are some things that you've liked about these teams so far? Yeah, for real. Let's keep this trend of optimism going. To start out with something I like actually goes back to the first game that I watched the Warriors and the Nets. And even though Kevin Durant was kicking my team's ass, uh, now he's on a new team and he left and it's a little sad, but I was just so happy that he looked really, really good. I was like, God, KD looks like, like he didn't miss a beat. He, you know, he was moving fine. He didn't look like he was playing scared of the injury. Obviously modern medicine has made things so much easier and given a lot of hope for athletes like KD, but that doesn't take away from the grueling process it was to get back to the court. And so I was just so relieved that he looked like his normal self because I'd been anticipating that day for a year and four months. And I know a lot of other people were as well. All the analysts were talking about like, well, even if he comes back as 90% of the same player, even if he's three quarters, it's like, stop. I don't want to hear any of that. Cause I like, I just want to believe he can still be KD and he still looks like it, so that was a fat relief for me. Exactly, yeah. There are only a few handful of people that can probably come back fully from an Achilles injury like that, and Kevin Durant is one of those people, also along with maybe, uh, I believe, Brianna Stewart of the Seattle Supersonics had that as well, and they're just the cream of the crop in both of their uh, both of their leagues. Kevin Durant's style, I feel like, is most suited to – like come back from one of these injuries because he doesn't necessarily like rely on his athleticism. He's such a tall, he's such a tall man and lanky man that all of his game is above everyone else's head. His ability to shoot the ball, I don't think was affected by this at all. And yeah, like you said, he just looked fantastic. Yeah. And LeBron James is pretty clearly the best player in the world and has been for a long time. I think Kevin Durant is the greatest scorer that I've ever seen in my lifetime. And he's got a chance to, you know, really cement that statement if he continues on this trajectory with his career. By the way, Brianna Stewart plays for the Seattle Storm as opposed to the Seattle Supersonics. But I would love to see a reincarnation of the Seattle Supersonics and for basketball to come back into that city. That would be something pretty special. Um, yeah, okay. Another thing I like is... Of course, I'm being a little bit biased towards my team, but the Warriors looked so ugly in the first two games. And then once Steph got rid of the braids, they've been a little bit better. <laughs> but James Wiseman, 
the second pick of the draft, who really didn't play much college basketball, looks awesome and has the potential to be a major asset to the Dubs. Like, I'm thinking about replacing kind of how Andrew Bogut was, uh, you know, in that 2015 championship team with ability to defend the paint and defend inside, but maybe be like way more valuable on the offensive end. And like, he's even hitting threes. I mean, he also airballed a couple, but I mean, you know, got to let the young kid learn. I'm a fan of Wiseman. Rookie mistakes will happen. Definitely. Uh, Like looking into the future a little bit, maybe like next year or the year after that, when clay comes back and maybe uh, this, the splash bros get another run at a title. What do you think, uh, James Wiseman's role will be. Do you see him staying with the club or do you see him maybe moving? Do you see him becoming like that third star for the Warriors? What do you Yo, see? Yeah, I think third star is a very feasible option for him. And I would like to see Wiggins come into his own a little bit more. He obviously hasn't had the start of the season that people like me would hope for. Uh, Kelly Oubre has struggled as well. But yeah, James Wiseman could totally be that third star and if you have two great guards to have a big man to complement that would be huge. And just like a quick note on Clay is that I think people are going to start understanding if they haven't already started to understand how much of a difference he makes for this team. Not only does he complement Steph better than any player possibly could, but he's one of the best two-way players in basketball. And so to take him off the court uh, there's going to be hits to the scoring, and there are going to be offensive struggles to go with that. But defensively, to go out there and guard the other team's best guard night in and night out makes a huge difference. So when you don't have that, of course your team's going to suffer defensively, and it's going to put people like Steph or Wiseman or you know Damian Lee, Michael Mulder, really anyone that can score, like that is a lot of weight on their shoulders to account for when you don't have Clay. Definitely. I feel that. You know, speaking of James Wiseman, I feel like there are a lot of young players out there that are taking the next step and emerging as like bona fide studs in this league. And that's one of the things I like about this young NBA season. For example, like Trey is out here averaging 33, leading the Hawks to a three and one record, I think they have right now. Uh, Jalen Brown's averaging 28. Uh, Colin Sexton, Christian Wood, and Terry Rozier, who would have thought they're all averaging over 24 points per game? A lot of people were questioning that Terry Rozier sign and trade deal that uh, the Hornets got from uh, the Celtics for 19 million, but. Terry Rozier is paying that off right now. And with the exception of Christian Wood and the Rockets, all these players have their teams off to like great starts to the season. We'll see if these young stars can continue their success because hot starts tend to you know fall off as the seasons go on, a la the uh, Andrew Wiggins effect. But I think these players are all very promising, and it shows as their great starts to the season. Yeah, dude, Christian Wood was the second player to test positive for COVID back in March, and I didn't really know that much about him. Playing for the Pistons, who, if I'm being honest, last year were one of the more irrelevant teams, but now he's on the Rockets, and he is balling, and I love it. It's funny, I feel like COVID has like it been a total like make-or-break kind of impact for some of these athletes uh, in the NFL. Like We kind of joked about it that Corey Davis for the Titans gets covid comes back and is way better than he was before while someone like Cam Newton, I'm sorry to talk about the Patriots, oh, but geez. Yeah. Cam started okay and then gets COVID and came back and was pretty awful. 
obviously not entirely due to the virus, but dude, whatever happened with Christian Wood, it's working and I love to see it. It's also super validating to see Trey Young balling because when he was at Oklahoma, you know, causing so much hype around the country, people calling him the next Seth Curry because of his long range and he was just pulling up from anywhere and, you know, really good for Oklahoma. And then he kind of went into a slump and the team suffered a little bit and they couldn't get out of the first round of March Madness. And it was like, oh, he's not even going to be a top 10 pick anymore. And for him to come into the NBA and really like from the halfway point of his rookie season on, he's been nothing but phenomenal. And look, the Hawks deserve it, man. Like I think they're going to make the playoffs in the East. And now that they've got uh Bogdan Bogdanovich, uh, like definitely a really nice core. I'm kind of blanking on their whole team right now, but the fact that Trey young is balling and not just being a scorer, but a leader, it's like nice to see, like you just talked about all the young stars. I think the future is really bright for the NBA and I'm looking forward to the coming years, especially when times get normal again. Definitely. And speaking of these younger teams that are outperforming their expectations, the next thing I liked about this season is the Cavs aren't terrible. Uh, they're a top 10 team in uh, points allowed right now, and they've got that good young core in Colin Sexton and Darius Garland, which we'll get a little bit more into later. Those two have really spurred like a faster turnaround from the LeBron era than many people have expected. And along with the solid start as well from Andre Drummond that has him looking like the old uh, 2016 All-NBA 13 player he was, uh, they're just doing a fantastic job. Oh, yeah. I got a great note on Andre Drummond a little bit later. And it's no secret that I hate the Cavs, but... I can live with the Cavs being not horrible, but only because their assistant coach, Lindsey Gottlieb, was really nice to me on the few occasions that I met her when she was coaching the Cal women's basketball team uh, back about seven, eight years ago when they went to the Final Four, and that was something real special. So, yeah, you know, I'm happy for Lindsey. Uh, Cleveland fans, though, I, I like don't feel anything positive towards them. I'm just going to leave it at that. Uh, maybe the Browns will make the playoffs this weekend and give them something nice for the new year. But, and you know, obviously for the players, like I don't have any problem with the individual players. I don't like wish anything bad on Colin Sexton or any of those guys. I think it's just like 2016 and the fan base of Cleveland leaves such a sour taste in my mouth that I'm totally comfortable continuing to shit on them four years later. But yeah, you know, you're right. The Cavs aren't terrible. Uh, a couple other things I liked. I want to stick on the West Coast, best coast, because opening game of the season, the Sacramento Kings had a game winner. My buddy healed, and it was so unlike the Nuggets to choke like that after what they did in the bubble. But yeah, that was an amazing play. I can't believe Harrison Barnes missed the dunk. Uh, De'Aaron Fox also made a really key block to even have them in position to win the game. But Buddy healed with a little tip in. Maybe this is a turning point for the Sacramento Kings. I have a lot of Kings fan friends. They are so loyal and such good fans that I will root for the Kings when they get into the playoffs just for their sake. Uh, I'm not going to claim like full ownership uh, as a band. I'll, I mean, I'll be a full bandwagon, but like just like seeing how dedicated they are to Sacramento Kings basketball it feels really good that they had something like that happen to them. It was like 
You didn't expect the Nuggets to blow it like that, and you didn't expect the Kings to step up like that. So that was fun. Uh, the second thing would be that the Phoenix Suns can play defense. They are second in defensive efficiency across the league right now, and that's something that's really cool because everybody knows about Devin Booker and the scoring machine that he can be. But you don't really think of the Suns as much of a defensive team. And yes, they got Chris Paul. They got a good leader. But if they're going to be a good team and a playoff team and a playoff team that can win games and maybe a series or two, they're going to have to be able to play defense. So put some respect on Monty Williams and the Phoenix Suns because, you know, I know I've talked about the Warriors struggles hurting me, but it's nice to see these teams that have struggled for that whole period of time when the Warriors were hot start coming to life right now exactly and to continue on that trend of uh seeing players or teams that haven't necessarily done well before or have been out before and are now starting to get back in shape i'd like to turn the attention to john wall as the one of the last things that i like about this season it was sad to see him go from washington because he was so invested in like the dc community and i thought he'd be one of those one team for his entire career kind of guys but I'm honestly just happy to see him back on the court. I mean, he had a fabulous return. He got a breakaway dunk for his first points back and showing that he's still got that speed and athleticism that made him such a good player before. And he finished it off with like pouring 22 points overall and dishing out nine assists en route to the Rockets' first one of the season. So while, uh, while all that controversy surrounding the Rockets and James Harden is going on, it's nice to see that players like Christian Wood, and John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins are doing well for the Rockets. I couldn't agree more. And I'm super happy to see John Wall back too, because I think in this age of constant news and Twitter and everyone feeling like they have a voice and social media and all these strong sports opinions, like one pattern that I've started noticing more and more over the last few years is that people just tend to forget really easily Like John Wall hasn't really been a full-time basketball player in almost two years and he's worked through injuries and that sucks like for him more than anyone else. Uh, So to see him back and just having fun and playing basketball and still playing at a really high level, like don't take for granted how good and conditioned you have to be to put in like real valuable minutes on an NBA floor. Yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. Uh, I think a good example is, the year that LeBron got injured on Christmas and the Lakers were currently in the fourth spot in the West. And then they kind of had a bit of a skid when LeBron was out and he probably came back a little bit too soon just to try to make that playoff push. They ultimately didn't make the playoffs. Uh, LeBron's first playoff absence in like a decade. And, you know, people start saying that Kawhi Leonard is the best player in the world uh, because he's you know on fire with the Raptors. And before that, it was all about Giannis. And then I think LeBron showed this year, like pretty clear he's still the guy and is going to continue to be the guy for, you know, he's not going anywhere anytime soon. I know he's old, but he doesn't play like it. Uh, another good example is Steph missed most of this last year, missed 58 games with a broken hand. And Damian Lillard was just absolutely tearing it up in the bubble. And I love Damian Lillard. Like he's so serious and competitive and a total grinder and just the kind of guy you want leading your franchise. So I have nothing against Lillard, but people just, the narrative became so quick of, Oh, best point guard in the league. And it's like, okay, well, yeah, he's on fire, but no, he's not the best point guard in the league. That's still Curry. 
And when Curry's on fire, I would like to argue that he's hotter than Damian Lillard when he gets like that. Uh, of course, Lillard has a little bit more size on him and is a more elite defender. But my point is just there's just so much focus on immediate news that people tend to forget. So to see John Wall like absent for all this time, people were probably like, oh, John Wall still plays basketball? And to see him back, uh, yeah, long and winded way of me saying that I'm happy for him. Yeah, not to go off on a little bit of a tangent, but I think the idea that Steph and LeBron playing for 10 more years is certainly not out of the question. I think that uh, the technology that these players have now to take care of their bodies is absolutely insane. And like, it's definitely within re- an arm's reach that LeBron could be playing well into his 40s. And that just like further adds to his greatness and it helps it even helps players like John Wall, who necessarily doesn't get as much recognition, but you know, with the way he's been able to come back and with his first game back, I just think it's a really good sign. Yeah, totally. Uh you wanna get into some of the things that we have not liked about the season? I mean, obviously it's not perfect. Oh, definitely. Um and just to kind of ricochet off the John Wall and KD stories, uh, the early injuries that they're just quite simply the worst. Uh, it's terrible to see guys like uh, Spencer Dinwiddie and TJ Warren go down. I think Dinwiddie had a partially torn ACL. It was it. And, you know, both of them were projecting to be important parts of playoff teams, like looking to make deep runs. So, uh, these guys go into the facility every day to get their work in before practice and they stay after practice to get shots up because they just want to be that much better all in the name of just getting uh, being a better teammate, you know, and to see all their hard work go to waste like that is kind of disheartening, even to like fans of just basketball in general. I can't imagine how a player like, you know, Clay would feel right now. He didn't even get to come back for any games before. Uh, was it he towards Achilles, I believe? Yeah, ACL, then Achilles. Jeez, it's terrible. What about you, Greg? What are some uh, What are some things that you haven't liked so far? Uh, one of the things I don't like is that there are no fans. And I want to be very clear when I say this. It is not that I think there should be fans at games. I think any stadium that does that is stupid. <laughs> Orlando Magic. <laughs> Most definitely. Dude, fucking Florida, man. Um. But I just miss the buzz of an NBA arena. And it's especially hard watching my favorite player without a crowd behind him because he's so electric. Like Steph Curry, I feel like what kind of helped him rise to stardom is that he was just so fun to watch, Warriors fan or not. And then, of course, you know, the hate came with the success. But like, it's like my favorite guy is so electric and. Yeah, it sounds spoiled. It's like, I'm glad we have basketball right now. But the way he lights up a crowd, especially a place like Oracle Arena, which I'm, you know, I'm sad that they're at the Chase Center now. Uh, I still have yet to go. So can't give my full assessment about the Chase Center yet. But I just miss the buzz. Um, I miss the energy. Basketball, especially, I think the NBA has such a really cool culture of being like a brotherhood. Like it's massively competitive. But they're also totally standing up for racial justice. Uh, most people in the league seem to be really good dudes. Adam Silver, no relation, is by far the best commissioner of American major pro sports. And uh, yeah, so I just think it's like, it's a great culture. And 
It's something that brings people together. And, you know, there's basketball, like there's only five on the court at a time. Like to be in the NBA, you got to be in a freakishly elite group. And I think it's something that nobody really takes for granted. So I just miss that buzz. Uh, I'm going to be really happy when it's back. And when I get to go to a game, I will cherish every freaking second of that experience. Yeah, uh, definitely. The fans are the fans are hurting here, but I think there's one fan base that's especially hurting here, and that's the Washington Wizards. Uh, it's no secret they're off to an zero and five start, and I think we all know that it's their defense that's got them in that position. But man, I just feel I just feel terrible for Westbrook and Brad Beal. Man, no, those dudes can't catch a break. Russ just constantly gets hate for. I don't know why, to be honest. All he's done on every team he's gone to is just help them win games in like in OKC, in Houston, in that short stint in Houston, I should add. Uh, and Bradley Beal doesn't get the respect he deserves. Like, how does someone average 30 and not make the all-star team? That's like ludicrous. So I don't know, like, I don't know what they have to do to fix the Wizards, but it's it's just sad to see those two guys. Uh, in that position. Oh, dude, the Bradley Beal all-star snub was a bad one last year. I remember being like, what? Uh, yeah, and I'm going to get to Westbrook in a second. Um, yeah, so two other things I don't like so far is that the Lakers are still really good. Uh, they were already very good last year. Clearly won the championship. Wait, 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 wait. Why is that something you don't like? That should be That should be like something you do like, right? Dude, because Schroeder and Montrez Harrell got to handle on top of their superstars. Like, <laughs> Montrez Harrell averaged like 18 last year, sixth man of the year, and Schroeder was one of the best players on OKC who, like, overachieved. So he obviously has the it factor. Uh, yeah, so I'm just like, oh, my God, these guys are on the team too? Jeez, it's like, yeah, not to mention, uh, you know, LeBron, Anthony Davis – uh, maybe Kuzma takes a leap this year. I'm just like, wow. Like, yeah, they got a special group. I'm not going to lie. They should be better than they were last year. And I don't think that the thing about the LeBron team is like, they can lose three games in a row and you're never going to be worried. Cause you know, he's just going to crank it up when it matters. Exactly. Playoff LeBron is just a different breed. Although it does kind of like scare me to make parallels to other teams because I feel like the Lakers are kind of uh, in the same situation as the Clippers were last year. Like the Clippers were incredibly deep. They were the deepest team in the NBA last year. And I feel like the Lakers like are one of, are one of, if not the deepest team in the NBA. And so like, it's like drawing that parallel kind of scares me, but it's kind of that thing of you can't look down when you're climbing up a cliff. You always got to look up. So hopefully we don't end up like them. Yeah. I mean, everyone picked the Clippers to win the championship last year, despite the Lakers having a better record for a majority of it. So yeah, uh, the Lakers look built to do it all over again. Uh, the second thing, this is more of just a funny thing that I don't like is that Kelly Oubre Jr. is struggling to score beyond a distance of two feet at the moment. Um, he's so good looking. He's just so good looking and he's bouncy. And that put back dunk he had over KD in the opener had me like yelling in my living room because it was just such a sick play. Like it was as good looking as he is. But oh, yeah. 
but he just can't he can't fucking score right now. Like the bench went nuts when he hit his first three, which was funny because it was like four games into the season. Yeah. <laughs> um, Wasn't he like 0 of 17 from three? Yeah, there was a list of players that was like more field goal attempts than points scored this season. And I think this was like a week ago when I saw it, but Andrew Wiggins and Kelly Oubre were both on that list. So heck yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, it was nice. So uh, not the clay replacement that we were hoping for, but (laughs) I would also make the argument that you can't replace clay no matter what. So, you know, here we are. It is what it is. Maybe he is going to just, I don't know, continue to, maybe he's just going to like light it up second half of the season. Like who knows? This has been the weirdest year ever. I'm not counting anything out. Yeah, things have been uh, pretty odd in this young NBA season. And uh, something that's also pretty odd that we've got for you are some early hot takes for this NBA. What do you got for us, Greg? Oh, yeah, I got some early hot takes. Okay, well, this isn't the most insane hot take that I could possibly have regarding basketball. I mean, it's not that crazy, but... I wrote down that the Nets have the best bench in the NBA. And now there's a question mark next to that statement because the Spencer Dinwiddie injury really changes things. And I am not sure I would fully stand by that statement. But I just mean looking at that second unit of the Nets in the first game, it's like, okay, so basically the Nets didn't have most of their key players in the bubble, right? Like it was kind of a mix of first and second unit guys, you know, trying to carry them through the bubble. And they kind of overachieved. And I think a big part of that is Karis LeVert. Like his role on this Nets team with Steve Nash is basically like, hey man, you come in and you have the green light to be aggressive and try to score and just make plays. And he is a playmaker. So I think that's a pretty nice role for him, given that he's not starting. I think he's a terrific player. I think the loss of Dinwiddie really sucks for them, but they still got guys like Joe Harris. Uh, they got my boy TLC, uh, Timothy Luawu Cabarro. Um, so he's made a little resurgence too. And I would definitely say that Jared Allen is an underrated player in the league. And I think still has been like for the last three years or so. Like I love Jared Allen. That guy balls. Yeah, exactly. And they also got guys like Torian Prince too. Uh, I I wouldn't argue with you there that they have one of the best benches in the NBA, uh, but one of the uh, one of the early hot takes that I have to uh, probably to your disappointment will be that the Warriors will not make the playoffs. <laughs> I I was looking at uh, <laughs> I was looking at some stats and uh, like the Warriors are two and two I believe is that right. Um, yeah, we lost to two good teams and beat two shitty teams. So, like, I don't know what to make of it. Actually, we're playing Portland right now, and it's Draymond's first game back. So, I'm about to have a lot more information in a sec. Okay, yeah. Uh, Draymond will definitely help that defense and the playmaking. But uh, I was looking at their point differential, and I believe they're either, like, bottom three or, like, dead last in point differential in their games even though they're two and two which is always not that's always not promising so that's my I guess you could say bold prediction of this year is that the Warriors won't make the playoffs yeah I mean that's fair I was looking at a lot of stats leading into this episode and then just like things like point differential or like 
you know, defensive efficiency, because I know I mentioned that earlier. It's like hard to judge that after five games and know what it really means. But I exactly. agree, the Warriors looked like shit the first two games. I'm not going to like try to sugarcoat that aspect of it. Um, that's funny that that was one of your hot takes because mine was that they will make the playoffs, which I understand. <laughs> it's not a super hot take. Like people expect them to make the playoffs even without Clay, maybe just being like a seven or eight seed. Uh, exactly. Yeah. And it's a challenge for people like Steph and Draymond. I mean, they're going to have to step up. And with the way the Warriors are now, I don't think they're a playoff team. But by me saying that, they're going to make the playoffs. That's me banking on the fact that when February and March rolls around, they will be an entirely different and improved team that plays a lot cleaner because they can't afford to make the same kind of mistakes that they're used to making, you know, like it was like they were the chiefs and Patrick Mahomes can throw two or three picks and they can still win the game uh, because they did turn it over a lot in their heyday. Like they can't be doing crazy stuff like that. They got to clean it up a little bit if they want to be competitive and they got to be smart, but I think they have the leadership and yes, I'm taking the classic first take terminology championship DNA. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, definitely Wiggins and Oubre aren't playing to like what they're capable of right now. So the Warriors definitely, I think they will improve and they'll probably, they probably will make the playoffs even though, I think uh, I'm boldly predicting that they won't. But uh, (laughs) I think uh, there's one team in the West that's due for a top three finish in the West, and that's the Phoenix Suns. Wow. I know know it's early. I know it's early, but from – I don't think that defense lies. And from the way they've been playing defense in those first four or five games, it's very promising. And with – I don't think you can go against – a guy like Devin Booker and Chris Paul, like Devin Booker's going to bring the offense. Chris Paul's going to bring the playmaking and the defense. And you even got guys like Mikhail Bridges and uh, Cam Johnson, who are great wing defenders now. And you got a emerging star, uh, not emerging star yet, I'd say, but a very solid player in DeAndre Ayton as well. I'm, the Phoenix Suns have just done an incredible job of shaping their roster after many years of turmoil. And I think another bold prediction that, yeah, they're going to finish top three. Wow. Okay. That's definitely bold. Probably the boldest one we've heard by far. So I got to ask who are the other two top teams? I'm assuming you're going to put the Lakers in there. Of course. Yeah. The Lakers will probably be the one seed. The Clippers could still get the two seed, I believe. Um, I was thinking maybe more so the Nuggets, even though they did lose Jeremy Grant last year, who has actually been balling in Detroit. But uh, hopefully MPJ can step up for them. Although the the Nuggets haven't had the greatest start to the season because they're one and three right now. Um, But Jokic has been balling. I think Jamal Murray, uh, Paul Millsap, Michael Porter Jr., I think they'll all pick up. And I think Will Barton will uh, add to that as well. So... I think it should be Lakers, Nuggets, Suns. Interesting. Okay, well, actually, I got some live score updates for you right now. The Phoenix Suns and their massive defense uh, have a 95-89 to lead over the Nuggets with five minutes to go. Uh, Oh, yeah, my boy Jamal Murray's got 27 points, though. Love that guy. Um, There you go. Hey, the Warriors are down 41-25 to early second quarter, so that's... 
that <laughs> candy. Uh, the Hawks beat the Nets. Did KD play? He did. Wow. Okay. A good win for the Hawks on the road. Um, wow. Yeah. yeah, they got DeAndre Hunter too, by the way, uh, from Virginia. He's a good player. Oh, yeah. He's the great defender too. Yeah. Something that the Hawks need. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Really good win for Atlanta. Um, mm-hmm. Anything else interesting? Ooh. Okay. Actually, well, the Wizards won a game. They beat Minnesota 130. No way. <laughs> and. Yeah, okay, Russell Westbrook appears to not have played. But that's my next hot take was Russell Westbrook finds a home in Washington, like a little bit of a career resurgence. And, like, I don't know. I think – because you you mentioned this earlier, talking about Russell Westbrook and how he's just gotten a lot of unnecessary hate. And I'll admit that I would get really annoyed with him and think that he was kind of a baby sometimes and just, like – not like he was a selfish player, but just, like – because I don't like, I, I believe he really wants to win. Like he's competitive as all hell. And I respect that. But I just felt like the way he played basketball was like not built for long-term success at times. And it seemed to rub teammates the wrong way. Uh, I mean, the Harden Westbrook experiment did not work. But I think at this point in Westbrook's career, I just got to like respect the player he is. He's such a grinder and he's a really good dude. Like, he tipped, what was it, $100,000 for the hotel staff in the bubble. Um, he's done a lot of, like, really good stuff in the community during this pandemic. He was out protesting uh, after the death of George Floyd. I know that the same can be said for many players. But I, I just like Russell Westbrook. Like, I, he's a competitive freak. He seems to be happy playing for the Wizards and just enjoy the game of basketball. And, you know, I predict he finds a home in Washington. I believe that this him and Bradley Beal thing might be able to work. Uh, hopefully so, yeah, because Russell Westbrook is a good dude. I know he still gives back to uh, the community in Oklahoma City as well, and even in his uh, hometown around L.A., so hopefully he does find a home there. Um, my last hot take of the early season is that Philly finally gets their shot at a title, and they come out of the East to represent the NBA Finals. I won't oh. – I can't I can't go so far as to say that they'll win the NBA finals because there's the West is just so stacked that I don't know it's going to be tough for any team in the East to uh win the title but I mean the Phillies, third seeded Suns are just going to overpower the shit out of the Sixers. It, exactly. You, see this guy gets it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Philly's off to a good start again. I think people this year are uh, tentative to go all in on Philly again because of the way they performed last year. Uh, But I think they get rid of Al Horford, which was a bad contract for them as it turns out. Uh, They get some shooting in Seth Curry and Danny Green to help out Ben Simmons' play. Uh, I think they're looking really good. And, yeah, I think they have a great shot at getting to the finals this year. Dude, Liam's probably so butthurt that Danny Green's off the Lakers now. No, oh, I know. <laughs> He's probably hurting right now. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, I like that take because I think, obviously, the Nets are looking spicy and they're going to be hungry. And the Bucks have something to prove, man. There's a little bit of pressure on Giannis and Coach Budenholzer this year. So, Bucks got to wake up. And uh, they added Drew Holiday. So, like... They got the potential to do it, but yeah, I mean, the Bucks are going to be a little bit desperate to make some noise in the playoffs. So I think, uh, you know, Philly, 
it's interesting. I love Doc Rivers. I, you know, I really respect him as a coach. I'm bummed it didn't work out with the Clippers because I really do think he is a good NBA coach. And like, it's hard to coach in the NBA. You got a lot of egos to manage. You got to have like a certain type of personality for it. And uh, well, I mean, also he's a champion, you know, he has won the title before. So <laughs> I like back to the first take. He's got the championship DNA. Got his championship DNA. Oh, the Phoenix Suns are going to have their championship DNA. But yeah, <laughs> my last uh, my last hot take just has to do with playoff DNA, and it's hear me out. The Sacramento Kings are going to snap their playoff drought of fourteen. No, I guess it would be fifteen years. Fifteen years. They have not been since two thousand six. Uh, this is where I wimp out on my take because I wrote down next to it, if De'Aaron Fox or Buddy Heald gets injured for an extended period of time, then I don't think they'll make it. Ah, oh, um, come on. <laughs> you, don't believe in, <laughs> you don't believe in Luke Walton's ability to coach a team? Come on. Hey, Luke Walton <laughs> went 24-0 at the gate with the dubs. So, uh, no, I, look, I just like – then the West is so stacked, right? Like you got – you know, you got our three seated sons. You got the two LAs. You got Dallas. Uh, hopefully, the Warriors. Uh, Utah, Denver. Like a lot of good teams, right? Portland. So, I I guess my point with the injury thing is like the Kings don't have a lot of margin for error, but I think they're good enough to make it happen and get into the playoffs. And I think De'Aaron Fox is a terrific young player. Hmm. So, two questions. I assume. Well, okay, I can. I'll turn this first question into assumption. I assume that you see them as like an seven or eight seed. Yes. Yeah. All right. And who do you see them beating out into the playoffs? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, super annoying answer I'm about to give, but it just kind of depends on like injuries and especially with COVID and how we've seen that disrupt some seasons i mean professional sports it hasn't been quite as bad as some feared but college sports it's been rough like i read in the local paper this morning that the uc davis women's basketball team has played one game so far and so yeah and so i think like it's just things are gonna be weird right like that's why i'm banking on the warriors just improving uh that's why i think the kings can do it that's why i think russell westbrook has a you know revival in washington uh, it's just, it's all weird. Like things are, there's a lot of moving pieces constantly. And so I know it's annoying. I'm not really given a definitive answer, but I think like there's going to be some teams that overachieve and there's going to be some teams that underachieve. Like for all we know, Denver could be fighting for a playoff spot or they could be as high as like the two or three seed in the West. So we don't really know. Uh, but I think the Kings got a good chance to squeeze in and I want to like lay that down right now. So I can either go back and be like, wow, I was wrong. Or like, ah, I was the cool guy that called the 15-year playoff drought streak getting snapped. <laughs> exactly. That's that's what I'm hoping for with this uh, Suns top three finish take. Oh, I'm giving you full credit for that one. I'll, I'll like post on all accounts. Like no one's going to care, you know, at some point. But I'll just <laughs> hammer at home. Yeah, I have a feeling five years from now, you're still not going to let me forget this. I no, hope to no God way. this pans out. <laughs> I hope to God this pans out. <laughs> Sun Sixers finals. Sun sweep them because their defense is just too good. Exactly. Exactly. 
All right, cool. I think we just played out the whole season in our head. That's cool. Yeah, we don't even need to have the regular season. Like, we got this. Oh, yeah, I know. Just get to the playoffs and, like, you know, put the Warriors at, like, the four seed or something. Like, you can just give them a number and, like, uh, yeah, we'll be all right. Oh, okay. Uh, Strange NBA news to start. Um, Okay, one is a little bit more global and one's a little bit more niche. Uh, Well, first of all, everything about James Harden is really weird right now. Like, you know, they're talking about how he's, like, fat and partying all the time. And then he, like, threw the ball at his teammate at practice and violated the COVID protocols. And he wasn't showing up. And it just sounds like a really dysfunctional situation. So, I don't know. Anything with the words James Harden in it is going to be weird NBA news. Yeah, I'm honestly just hoping at this point the next the next like notification I get on my phone is James Harden is traded just so like that can that whole controversy thing can be ended and he can go try and get a championship somewhere else because it's not going to be Houston. So yeah, hopefully that just ends. I wonder where uh, he's going to. Like I'm kind of anxious like I could like see that I could see me seeing that notification and then just being like, uh, like if it's a good handful of like 10 teams around the league. Yeah. Who do you think? Well, who do you think is like the favorite to land him right now? Well, I don't know. There was all that talk about him in Brooklyn, but Brooklyn seems to be doing fine. And like, I don't know. I don't want to see that if I'm being honest. Uh, I kind of really am interested in this particular Nets team. Once again, if Spencer Dinwiddie was healthy, uh, that would have been, you know, that extra piece to the puzzle that would have made it really interesting to follow. But, yeah, I don't know. Like, where do you want to see him go? Yeah, I honestly don't know either. I also heard, like, Philly was in talks with them, but uh, Daryl Morey came out and said that Philly's not willing to give up Ben Simmons. So I don't know what kind of package they'd, they'd be able to put together to get Harden because – anything or they don't have much else other than like our Ben Simmons would have to be the centerpiece of that trade to get a guy like James Harden. So, yeah, I also don't like the Ben Simmons, John wall in the same backcourt. Yeah, exactly. Two guys who can't really shoot from outside. Well, one dude who can kind of shoot from outside and one dude who doesn't take a three at all. So, yeah. Oh, dude, we could start a campaign to get Ben Simmons in the three-point contest for this All-Star break. Dude, honestly, like, oh, with how, yes. with, dude, with how weird, like, this past season has been and with, like, how this season is probably going to be, they should just, like, kind of make all the NBA activities a joke. Like, they should put centers in the three-point contest. They should put, like, dudes who can't dunk at all in the dunk contest. Like, tell me that wouldn't be hilarious. I mean, we need pandemic entertainment. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Okay. And Yeah, well, I mean, like, speaking of pandemic entertainment, I just want to get to our second piece of news, which is uh, we created a fantasy basketball league and have no idea how scoring actually works. We, like, threw this together, like, two hours before, what, opening day? So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and speaking of no idea as to just how the league works in general, I still haven't been able to log into my team or <laughs> create my team. So I have no clue who's on my team right now, and I have no clue how they're doing. <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah, see, this is what happens when we schedule the draft late. You're like, you were eating dinner or something or out and then, like, missed the draft, 
and they like automatically filled a 10th team so that we would be even numbers. And okay. You know what? I got to, I'm technically the commissioner. I'm the worst commissioner ever. So when we're done with this, I got to get on that and uh, figure it out for you. Yeah. Well, at least like what pick did I get or like, who was my first round pick? Do you, you remember? Oh, is there there any hope for my team? Yeah. Let me give it a quick check. You know, there's there's a lot of hope. You are the, uh, Oh, the manager less team. Hey, Hey, my boy, let's go. Oh, your first round pick was Anthony Davis. Okay. Well, that's always decent. Yeah. You just, uh, you also have TJ Warren. That's not a good one. Oh, that's tragic. Uh, all right. Well, you know what? Our listeners probably don't care about that. But the last thing I want to say about fantasy basketball is that uh, Andre Drummond, last I checked, was leading fantasy basketball scoring, which is hilarious because our friend Ian made a joke, or at least what I think was a joke, about like how early is too early to take Andre Drummond. Ends up taking him, and lo and behold, like he's the guy right now. So he obviously knows something that we don't. No, yeah, I don't think I don't think Ian is uh is a clown at all. I think he's just a fantasy wizard because we also we also participated in a fantasy football league and I believe Ian won the league. So Ian's got some some inside information that we all must not have because he is just killing us in every facet of fantasy. Ian actually didn't win the league. He uh he was the top seed after the regular season. But shout out to Owen Finney for sneaking into that fourth seed spot. But like he has Derrick Henry and Devontae Adams. Oh, okay. Baskin, and like Jalen Hurts dropped 37 for him in week 15. So it was just like, like it was destiny for him. Okay. Well, yeah. Derrick Henry makes a lot of sense. And Devontae Adams. Which, by the way, he just made the 99 overall club in Madden. So I guess congratulations, Devontae Adams, too. Yeah. Oh yeah, Good for your Packers. I know Packers make me nervous every day, but you know, maybe but, it can be done. You know, we have the MVP hopeful right now. So exactly, exactly. Um, anyways, not to get off topic or anything, but the last, uh, the last little NBA news bit that we had was uh, the G League is eyeing the Orlando bubble to play their season, and hopefully, we'll finally get to see. Uh, some of those G-Leaguers play, specifically the G-League Select team that has all those highly touted prospects uh, for this upcoming year's draft, like Jalen Green, Isaiah Todd, Jonathan Kaminga, and uh, Dacian Nixon, or Dacian Nix. So hopefully we get to see those guys, and hopefully they can uh, register some games. Yeah, G-League's becoming legit. I mean, put some respect on the G-League. They got a lot of these young guys who could ultimately be stars playing in the G league. So I got full respect for those guys, man. Basketball is a hard sport to be good at for a long period of time. So, and your boy, Alex Caruso came from the G league. Exactly. There are a ton of, ton of fabulous players who have gone through the G league. Also like Pascal Siakam, just to name another. Um, But just shout out to Adam Silver for really sprucing up the G league and offering even these contracts to these highly touted prospects to draw them away from the uh, who toxicity of NCAA basketball and NCAA sports in general. So. Oh my God. The NCAA <laughs> is a mess at the moment. Woo. Exactly. All right. Well, we're going to move into our clown and King of the week. I don't think we've ever actually done this. 
but this was on our like original document of podcast ideas and segments. So like this has been there since day one. I think we're finally debuting it, if I'm not mistaken. You uh, are correct, sir. We oh, have never done this. Oh baby. Okay, let's get it. Um I have two clowns of the week, like because they're both kind of clowns of the week. And uh the first one's Kyrie Irving for being a total pawn. I mean, it's just this was like not really this week when this all happened. So like I also gonna throw in James Harden in there. Uh but he also still averages like thirty nine points per game right now. So like say what you want about him acting like a child right now. Like the guy's still a freak. Exactly. And I guess the kind of flip of that would be uh, my clown of the week, uh, Paul George, and just the Clippers in general. You know, I'll take advantage of any Clippers jab I can get. So I laugh in the face of every Clippers fan because they lost by 50. Uh, Suck it. And (laughs) PG's taking all the blame for it, which is hilarious too, because who else is there to blame? Like, it's obviously you, dude. You don't need to say that uh, it's on your shoulders. Uh, (laughs) And I also just keep thinking about that first that first NBA game between the Clippers and Lakers, even though the Clippers won and like PG had a fantastic game, the only thing one of the major things that I took away from that was PG's errant pass to the official on the uh, on the sideline, which is just so so PG and so fantastic. I feel like Paul George is close to becoming the Kirk Cousins of the NBA. It's it's really oh. uncanny. Oh man, that's actually not a bad call at all, dude. But oh god, he's got he's got a ways to go before he hits like Kirk Cousins territory. But I'd be lying if I said that he wasn't on that trajectory right now. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But let's not uh, let's not like focus on the clowns of the week too much. Let's give our attention to the kings of the week. Who's yours, Greg? Oh, okay. Well, I'm actually going to say something nice about the Lakers. Wait, actually, dude, I don't even know if he's still on the Lakers. Yes, he is. He is? He is, as always. Okay. He is the the locker room man. Yeah, well, I mean, if you couldn't already figure it out, the answer was Jared Dudley because he has not missed a field goal this season, a field goal percentage of 100. Heck yeah. Yeah, and clearly he has just showed up in midseason form. Like the grind never stopped for him. There was no championship. <laughs> hanger, uh, sorry, there was no there was no championship hangover. There was no off season for Jared Dudley. Yeah, this is this is Jared Dudley's season to go out and get that MVP that he's always wanted. You know, uh, dude, he and Jordan Howard can share their trophies together. Oh my God, you are so right. You are so right. Speaking of another Florida athlete, though, my king of the week is Markel Fultz because it looks like he's kind of found a home in Orlando. You know, he's gaining his confidence back. I think he's uh, fixed his shot and he's helping his team to the best record in the league so far. I mean, we knew that uh, we knew that Orlando was good defensively, but it was always their offense. That was kind of a question. And so far they've been doing good. So shout out to Markel Fultz. It's good to see him doing well. Yeah, man, I'm happy to see Markel Fultz doing well. I it was kind of a bummer to see things fall apart in Philly, and I mean, honestly, I felt bad for him. I wasn't like there's nothing about him that made me want to like criticize him or talk about what a terrible player he was. And I want him to succeed, so it's nice to see him, you know, kind of like having that success. Like, sure, is he living up to number one pick right now? Like, no, obviously not. But you know, if he keeps playing like this, it might not be as colossal of a bust as many were thinking it would be. Exactly. It's just good to see him back playing solid. That's 
That's really it. Oh, but, uh, oh baby. Yeah, next, let's get to uh, – let's finish out this episode with a banger. Let's get to our shout-outs as always. Greg, take it oh, away. Okay, well, I have two. Uh, the first one goes shout-out to Nico Mannion, the 48th pick of the draft. Like I was sold on the guy even before the draft. And then when he got drafted by the Warriors, I was like, this is the best day of my life. Uh, he commented Dub Nation in all caps on the Warriors Instagram post of his draft selection. So like, dude wants to be here. He's enthusiastic. I don't know. We call him a lunch pail guy in the house, but I I don't know. He's just kind of slowly become a meme and <laughs> totally here for it. Nico Mannion, my guy. I can't wait to see him in that Golden State blue and yellow. Uh, my second shout out goes to my dog Theo because it's his birthday today. He's 11. And hey, yeah. happy birthday, Theo. Yeah, Theo. Yeah, Theo's a badass. And uh, even though, sure, he's not going to listen to this podcast, I just want him to know that he got a shout out. Yeah, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. All right, send us home with something good. All right. My shout out goes to, I guess, three people technically. I'll go with Larry Nance first for creating this whole situation. But I got to I gotta shout out Colin Sexton and Darius Garland for surpassing Steph and Clay for the best duo nickname in the NBA, if not NBA history. Uh, as we all know, Steph and Clay are the Splash Bros, which is a fantastic name in its own right. But I don't think that I don't think that anybody will be able to beat Sexland. <laughs> I don't and of course shout out to Larry Nance for creating this moniker. I honestly like there's not much you got to say about it. It really speaks for itself. It's just it's just a great nickname. That's all that's to it. Even though I can never like put aside my anti-Cavs bias, that's pretty sick, okay? I'm not going to lie. Like <laughs> The only thing I'm going to say is that Splash Bros is not only a great nickname, but it pretty clearly describes the play style of Steph and Clay. I wonder if Sexland has the same level of accuracy for Colin Sexton and Darius Garland. Yeah, we'll see. They're both they're both doing well right now. But yeah, like I said earlier in the show, maybe they'll cool off a little bit and probably the Cavs will too, if we're all being honest. But Oh yeah, no, I just meant like... You know, I hope they uh, I hope they're popular guys off the court. You know. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, I just got what you're saying now. All right, I'm in on the party now. <laughs> hey, you know what? They're NBA players. I'm sure they. I'm sure they do fine. Oh, I'm sure they do just fine. And with that note, with Sexland, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're think that's about it for us. Uh, kind of a ridiculous start to the NBA season, which is fitting because everything's been ridiculous lately. But uh, yeah, that was, a, that was a good one. That was a fantastic one. Yeah, shout out to you, Greg. Hey, shout out to you, JJ. This, uh, let's do some cross shout out. <laughs> yeah, that was my last shout out. Shout out to Greg Silver. Uh, okay, hey, don't forget to go to our website, pottytrainme.com. If you want to submit a big boy question and be a part of the show, we will more than readily take you in. So, uh, yeah, thanks. It's been awesome. And uh, I guess we'll catch you on the flip with another episode soon. Actually, stay tuned because NFL Preview Edition is coming shortly. So, uh, 
you know, keep your eyes peeled. Peace. Peace.